Whatever it is you want to do in life, you'll be able to do. It's always you versus you. That it doesn't matter how old you are, how young you are, you can achieve anything that you set your mind to. Spend the rest of your natural life waking up and going after it. This is my purpose, and you will not stop me. You are listening to Mojo Sports. Yeah, hello, and welcome back to our one-on-one series. And I'm joined by our very own panelist, uh, Alex Barker. Alex, uh, thank you so much for uh, for taking the time to, yeah, I, I guess give listeners a little bit of insight into your life. Uh, for those that haven't had a chance to go back and listen to part one, we highly recommend, uh, yeah, doing that. Jump into your podcast feeds. We are available on all platforms. Uh, we definitely got into some really interesting topics. But um, but today, Alex, um, yeah, thanks for joining us. Let, let's jump straight into it. Um, Alex, tell us a little bit about, um, you know, just, just away from sport, tell us about your, your careers and, and studies, um, you know, some of your past jobs. Um, I have always worked in sport. <laughs> I have always been a coach since I started kind of working. I guess I worked all through university um, as a coach. Um, I think had one day as a Starbucks barista. Um, and I mean, one day, um, <laughs> love coffee, but you know, prefer drinking it than making it. Um, so yeah, been an assistant coach, been a head coach, you know, been head of programs. Um, yeah, studied sport again through college. Um, just can't really seem to get away from it, but I guess when when you love it, you, you want to be around it. So. Yeah, absolutely. And, and talk to us a little bit about your studies. Cause I'm sure there's a lot of people that, you know, probably have, uh, you know, your passion and, 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 you know, probably, you know, would like to sort of follow in, 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 you know, being a bit of a career coach. So yeah, talk us through sort of, um, you know, was it an easy decision, uh, to move into it? What, what was the program you actually, um, studied? So yeah, tell us a little bit more about that. Um, it was, I always wanted to kind of do sports psychology. That was always something that I really, really liked and was really interested in. Um, I think because I didn't have, you know, the grades to get into that, there was a pathway that I could take that allowed me to kind of bridge that gap. Um, But it ended up being in sports science. So I did sports science, um, but I did sports science coaching. So, you know, we got to learn about athlete development. We got to learn about nutrition. We got to learn about business. We got to learn about, you know, styles of coaching, you know, applied coaching. I think what was really cool about my degree is that we didn't sit in a classroom every time, you know, we were out and we were, you know, taught to coach different sports that we weren't comfortable with. I had to coach gymnastics at one point and why people choose to run at a stationary object. I will never understand, but props to the gymnasts that do it. I could never do it. Um, but yeah, we had to kind of learn how to teach different sports. Um, and then we even got to do some sports psychology within uh, my degree. So that way, when I moved into kind of like the full, the full bachelor's, once I'd done those bridging years, um, I selected more to do with sports psychology because I loved it. I love the psyche of an athlete. I love knowing what makes athletes tick. And I think as a coach, understanding what makes athletes tick, you know, there's so much more than just teaching them skill. You have to kind of teach the whole athlete. And I think some, I think it's more so now, but I think back when, you know, people used to coach, it was very much like, well, we're going to drill this into you and we're going to be as hard as we can. It's like, yeah, but you know, there is a psyche of an athlete too. So when you have an athlete that's not performing, how do you as a coach um, help them to make the team better? And I think having that background knowledge for me, who was a very mental player, um, learning that and studying that 
was was super fun. But yeah, I kind of took a couple years off to figure out what I wanted to do. I knew I wanted to be in sport. Um, didn't know what area of sport I wanted to be in. Um, and then coached before I actually started studying. So I ended up kind of falling into it, I guess. Yeah. And I, I guess, you know, you think about all the coaches out there, you know, a lot of those studies would just be so valuable because the sad reality is, is that, you know, we, we talk about some of the challenges with participation rates in sport and, um, and, you know, people progressing um, through in, into the, in their sporting careers. A lot of the times it comes back to some poor coaching and, and maybe sort of doing it the wrong way. So have you got any thoughts on, on, on that in, in terms of, you know, maybe, maybe the, the wrong way of, of coaching? Um, I think, I don't think there's a right or wrong way to coach. I think every coach coaches the way that they think is right for whatever team that they're coaching. It's right for them. You know, where, when I was learning, we're taught about your philosophy as a coach. Um, so whatever your philosophy is as a coach, whether other coaches agree with it or not, you know, there's always going to be a coach out there that says the way that I coach is wrong, you know, and I'm loud and I'm passionate and, you know, I have a high bar that I like my athletes to reach. Um, um, and some coaches might think that that's the wrong way to coach, you know, but I don't think coaching is standing on the sideline quiet, you know, while you know, the kids aren't really learning anything. Um, but yeah, I, I don't think there's a right or wrong way to coach. I think, you know, you kind of coach to the way that, you know, what you take as an athlete and what you take from other coaches and what you see and what you learn. Um, and that kind of feeds into your coaching philosophy. So I think, yeah, it's, it's hard to say there's a wrong way of coaching, and there's a right way of coaching. People will tell you there's a right way to do it and a wrong way to do it um, based on kind of all the education that I've, that I've had with it. But I, I don't believe that that's, that's the way I think whatever your philosophy is, if you hundred percent can back your philosophy and believe in it, then, you know, some kids are going to buy into it and some kids aren't kids that don't buy into it. You know, they're not the right kids for you to coach. Yeah, absolutely. And, and I guess, you know, thinking about all of the athletes that you've coached, um, in, in your time, is, is there any that sort of, come, I know it's probably, you know, trying to choose your favorite child, but, but, but are there any sort of athletes that sort of stand out and can you tell us a little bit about, you know, maybe their journey and some of the things, some of the growth that you saw in them as a coach? Um, I think for me, um, I coach, I used to coach kind of middle school kids and high school kids. Um, and so like middle school is kind of like that 11, 12, 13 age, which for girls can be kind of pivotal years, um, I found. Um, and I have one, th- one rule that I've had since probably my first year of coaching and is don't say sorry. It's one thing I can't stand. I don't believe in it. I don't like it. I've coached boys and I've coached girls. I'd say this mostly to the the girls that I coach because it's unfortunately, you know, when a guy messes up, he's like, he's not like, Oh, I'm sorry. He's like, Oh, I'll do better. Right. Whereas when I, the girls that I coach, especially the younger ones, I'm like, don't apologize. Just, you know, learn from it and do better next time. Um, so that's kind of something that I've always instilled. And I think for me, what was super fun when I used to coach back in UK, I had a couple kids that were just a little bit more timid. They weren't the best athlete. They gave everything they could, you know, they were, were probably stronger academically sport didn't come naturally for them, but I had one kid whose confidence just in the three years that I coached her, I just saw grow, you know, huge, right. To the point where I think her mom came up to me and she was like, her confidence under you as a coach has grown so much in everything that she does, which 
at the end of the day, you can win championships. You can win accolades all you want. Um, when I left the UK, I had a group of kids that I'd coached for three years for, at the middle school level. And they gave me a, like a, a trophy that said best coach on it, which is cheesy and it's ridiculous, but it's probably the best accolade that I've ever won as a coach because it came from these kids who kind of went, you know, we appreciate you as a coach and appreciate everything you've taught us. So for me, it was always seeing that growth as a player, you know, from not being super confident to being like, oh, I made a mistake. I'm going to learn from it and move on from there. Because you can take that into anything you do, yeah. right? Like yeah. if you make a mistake in maths, I don't know why they have to go, oh, I'm sorry, right? It's like, okay, we'll figure out where you went wrong and fix it for next time. Yeah, I love that. There's, there's, there's a lot to it. There's a lot of really good life lessons in there for them. And um, yeah, you're right. You know, it's, it's just, it's great to see that you're able to impact them across their life. And who knows, maybe they didn't quite have the confidence to go out and try a particular career later on in life. But you know, some of this, some of this stuff and and work you've done in those earlier years, um, you know, it, it can be the difference. So um, no, that's, that's, that's it. And I mean, if you, if you were just kind of if you were to talk to someone who was interested in being a career coach for you, what do you, what do you find to be the most enjoyable part of what you do? And then the flip side of that, what, what do you find to be the most challenging? Um, I think the most enjoyable part is kind of, I've been with teams where it's been like a building season, <clears throat> right? So we're not winning every game. We go through bouts where we lose a lot of the games. Um, and I've coached a team where I think we lost, a lot, uh, quite a a few games to start off with. Um, And then somehow something happened and it clicked and we started winning. So we went on a five game win streak. So it's seeing that kind of moment where the team gels, the team clicks, everybody gets it, everybody buys in, everybody puts in the effort. When you see that moment happen as a coach, that's when you kind of sit back and go, ha, 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 ha. It like makes kind of all the work we do worth it. And I think that's what sometimes people forget. And I think what maybe parents forget, you know, when they talk to their coaches or they think that their kid's not getting the right amount of game time or whatever, is like, there's so much that goes into coaching. There's so much that goes into planning. You know, we don't just rock up and wing a session. You know, there's so much that goes into it. So I think when people critique coaches and critique coaching, I think you have to kind of step back and go, would you like to do it? And so many times I've had parents come up to me and go, well, I don't know if, you know, I would do it this way or I would have, you know, I would have that kid in that position. I'm like, okay, well then, then you do my job for, for a day and see, you know, all the different things that, you know, I have to go through and manage and adjust and all that stuff. So I think that's always been a tough one um, is, you know, people, everybody's a coach, you know, when people watch sport or when people, you know, watch their kid play, everybody turns into a coach. Isn't that the you truth? Know? Yeah. They, they know what's best and they know what, what, what is best for their kid or what's best for the team. And it's like, are you at training? Are you watching the film? Are you breaking it down? Have you been at preseason? Have you been at, you know, do you understand the conversations we're having? You know, have you been around for those? And nine times out of 10 and 10 times out of 10, the answer is no. So 
It's uh, no, you're exactly right, and I giggle because, um, yeah, done a little bit of coaching and, and have certainly experienced uh, experienced that. So no, look for for, for aspiring coaches out there. Um, yeah, you, you you've hit it. You've hit some of the, the key highlights in terms of yeah some of the improvements that you can see, all your hard work sort of come together, and the impact you can have on people's lives. It's just you know you, you definitely can't step into that as a career without some resilience though, because you're definitely going to be challenged, and quite often not from the people you think, not from the athletes themselves, although that will happen. Happen. It's uh, yeah, yeah uh, especially in the juniors, uh, parents, uh, fun and interesting. I can say that as a parent myself. Um, so yeah, so obviously you've uh, you've played a lot of sport uh, constantly throughout throughout your career, and you've had a pretty packed work schedule. How have you found sort of balancing those two out? Um, I think it's it's been difficult. I think when you when you coach, it's not nine to five. You know, you're not working, you're not going to an office um, and then working and then coming home, right? So you're sometimes you're up for a 6.30 training session, you know, sometimes you're working until 8.30. Uh, you know, you've got session plans on top of that. You know, I, I complain, but I give teachers a lot of credit because the amount of outside work that goes into their jobs as well is is, is insane because the amount of outside prep and work you have to do as a coach, like you can come home at eight 30 and go, Oh, do I have my session plan for tomorrow? And, you know, and I coach seven days a week. So, and it's, it's odd times and it's weird times. So I find it hard to get that balance. Um, and I do kind of run myself into the ground, I guess some could say. I haven't quite managed the balance yet, but I think for someone like me who has big aspirations as a coach, I think if right now are like my grinding years, you know, these are the years that I have to kind of put in the work and the effort and, you know, work the weird hours and work every day. And because eventually I won't have to, you know, I won't get that role where, you know, I don't, I don't have to, I have assistants that can do it or, you know, whatever it is, I don't have to work seven days a week, but yeah, it's not, I'm not in it for the money. <laughs> um, I'm not in it for, for that. Um, I'm in it because I love it and it's my, it's what I want to do in my life. And I always wanted something where I could impact people. So this was the best. Yep. No, it, and it sounds like, yeah, you're obviously still trying to, still in progress, still trying to master the balance. It's uh it's one of those difficult things. And do you find little things like you'll sacrifice some of your own training, maybe, you know, to, to sort of, you know, catch up maybe in some of your coaching? I try not to. Um, I don't have much of a social life outside of sport, which has probably been my sacrifice there. You know, I, I work Saturday, Friday nights, and I work Saturday mornings and Sunday mornings. So I don't really have the luxury to go out and, you know, stay out to two o'clock and three o'clock in the morning on a Friday or Saturday, which has been the sacrifice that I've made. Um, and I'm okay with that. Um, I try not to skip or let coaching kind of interfere with, you know, my gym sessions or my playing, because for me, it's, it's good to have that time away. Um, and I think sometimes I'll be at, at football training and kind of go, Oh, that's a better idea for training tomorrow. Like it gives me an opportunity to step away. Um, so if I don't have that, that break, I can become a little bit, you know, I think when you work seven days a week for most people, you get burnt out pretty quickly. Um, and I think for me, I try not to let work impact my own playing because it's, I need it as an outlet. Um, 
And it's best for me to kind of step away at times and reflect on the session and reflect on the week sessions and, and all that stuff. So I will miss a day of coaching, but don't tell anybody uh, <laughs> <laughs> to like attend kind of like, you know, my own training just to have a little bit of a break to kind of gain refocus, gain a little bit more insight and then go back to it. Yeah, no, I, I think that's uh I think that that's that's really really important because um, you know if you if you don't step away that that's where you sort of lose a lot of that creativity as a coach as well and um, you know reflecting there's there's just no time if you're constantly staying that grind and um, yeah uh, you just yeah obviously trying to balance being being an athlete yourself you know if you're if you're trying to you know maintain your schedule there I, I think it's really important because at the end of the day um, yourself as an athlete what people don't understand is that you know you've got to go out there and you've got to perform like there's no one that's going to save you. So if you cut, cut corners, even, even, even because, you know, you're just trying to balance out your life, you know, you're the one that sort of gets exposed and sort of struggles on, on game day. So um, no, I think, I think that's a, I think that's a great approach. Speaking of approaches and, uh, and, and challenges, what, what would, so obviously, yeah, um, you've had a, a, quite a diverse uh, range of experience across multiple sports. What, what would be your advice to, to young athletes? Um, I think enjoy it while you're young. I think, um, just from my playing experience, um, coaching and seeing some of the kids that I coach, um, I think, you know, there's this expectation that if our kid trains seven days a week and they're doing extra training and doing this, that they'll become the big and the best and the brightest, right. Or there'll be some, some, some type of star when really those, those athletes, Yes, they can come from work ethic, but those athletes are, you know, they're a diamond in the rough. They're few and far between. Not every kid that plays every sport is going to go on and play for their country or, you know, not saying that they can't, but I think sometimes I think there's this unrealistic expectation that either athletes have for themselves or parents have. So I think as a young athlete, I kind of wish someone had just said, enjoy it, enjoy the years you're playing, enjoy, you know, kind of the teammates you have around you, enjoy playing the different sports, you know, don't stick to one sport. You know, I played, I I think when I started playing sport, I did basketball, I did soccer, I did softball, I swam, I did shot put, I did, you know, I did everything. And I think at the end of the day, if you can, there are talents that come across the board for most sports and, and there are things that are interchangeable. But I think if you're focused on one sport for all the time you know it's like kids that play soccer now I feel like kids play soccer from the moment they're five to the moment they're you know whatever age and they're expecting to get somewhere and when they don't they go well why did I put in all that effort you know I could have played this I could have played that not saying that these kids won't make it but I think it's just enjoy it more yeah absolutely no it's great advice and and Alex one one of the questions I've got and and, you know you're in the best uh, position to answer it as, as a career coach is you know, the, the burnout, you know what I mean? It, it, it's, it's really, it's an interest of mine as, as I look at the, uh, as I look at the different sporting communities where you're exactly right. You've got these young kids that are, you know, they're sort of pushed into it, you know, not pushed into it. They, they kind of love it, but the parents are really heavily involved over the top with their training right all the way through. And at 14, these kids are the best in the country. You know what I mean? They are amazing, but Alex, they fall out of love with it. Do you know what I mean? They've, they've been pushed too hard. They've done too much of it. They haven't been balanced. That's the group. 
that we're talking about here. It's those group that are sort of dropping out because they're burnt out. What's your kind of thoughts on that? Is that something that you see on the ground as well? Um, I haven't seen it yet. Um, I, you know, I see some kids and, and the training they put in um, and I kind of get worried that in the next year or so they might, um, especially when, you know, you're in high school and you're looking at, I think, here like year 11 and 12 are big years I think as far as school is concerned same thing anywhere in the world um but those kind of year 10 11 and 12 are kind of pivotal years and I think as soon as you take on the workload from that and you're still trying to you know do everything you can something has to has to give and I think you know Yes, you might be the next Sam Kerr, but if that doesn't happen or you get injured, and I think a lot of the time injuries come into play a little bit more um, than burnout, uh, and it's hard for some kids to kind of come back from that. So it's like, okay, well, you've had this injury. Like for me, I wanted to be a WNBA player at five foot four, right? Injured my shoulder. That was never going to happen, but that's what I worked towards until I got injured. And then when it went away, my dream of what I wanted to do, I like you get a little bit lost and I think it's good to kind of have that. That's why I say, you know, that you want to enjoy it because if it get if it gets taken away for whatever reason, you want to make sure that you're not devastated and that you still can appreciate the sport. Um, and so you don't get, so I think burnout's a, a tough one and coaches have to be mindful of that. Parents have to be mindful of that. Kids have to be mindful of that. You know, we have to tell the kids that we coach like, hey, active rest days are good go do something that isn't soccer, go do something that isn't basketball, you know, go play tennis, go play golf, go to a driving range, do something that's not the sport that you currently play at a high level, because A, you'll appreciate it more and B, you won't get so tired of it, right. When you have those interchanges. So I think that's kind of important is that you still want to be active, but you don't want it to be the same thing over and over and over again. And, and are you as a coach trying to, you know, constantly find ways to sort of make it fun? Is that another key to it as well? Yeah, I think I try and do, you know, obviously there's a lot of technical stuff you want to make sure that they know. But I think when you're trying to get a team to bond as well, you want to have some fun aspects to it. And, and, and I try to put in fun aspects, you know, some, you know, one-on-one challenges where, you know, there's a game we play right at the end, we have two goals and a ball in the middle and you've got to run around and the first person to get the ball on the back of the net wins it. Um, You know, and we've played that game where it's been super muddy and someone slipped and they were ahead and it's just, so you kind of, it's it's fun to have that lightheartedness to it because it takes away to the, the serious nature of, you know, the games that we play. And I think it's good for kids to have that, that fun aspect mixed in with the serious. Yeah, absolutely. So having a think about, um, you know, your career and what you've done, is there anything you would have done different? Do you have any regrets? Is If you could go back, is there anything that you would change? Um, I try not, not to have regrets, I think. Um, I'm someone when I, well, while I was growing up and the lifestyle I lived, I tried very hard to, do everything that I wanted to do and not, not have regrets. Um, and so I try and think about that coaching wise. I don't, don't have any yet. <laughs> um, ask me in a couple of years, maybe I will, but no, I think right now I've, I've, I've learned a lot. I've had, you know, a really 
someone I worked with in the UK who was a great mentor, who was still a really good friend of mine. Um, she taught me a lot and we still talk and she still kind of teaches me a lot about, about, about coaching. And, um, so yeah, I don't, I don't really have any regrets at the moment. No, excellent. Love to hear it. And, and then obviously looking at the other end. So, um, have, you know, thinking about some of the goals, um, some of the things that you're looking to tick off, um, whether that's, you know, you as, as an athlete yourself or within your coaching, um, is there any sort of particular goals that you're sort of aiming at, um, over the next few years? Um, my goal is to always have a national championship and my goal is to have, have like a wall of them. Will that happen? I don't know. <laughs> Do I want at least one? Absolutely. Um, so that's kind of my, you know, goal was to be able to raise a national championship above my head. And, and I've always wanted to be a, a college coach, um, back in the States. I think that's kind of where I want my career to go. And those are my aspirations. Um, I don't necessarily want to be a national team coach. I don't have that desire behind me um, just because I feel like that's a lot of pressure <laughs> being a national coach. Um, it's not saying that if the opportunity didn't present itself, I wouldn't take it. Um, I think it would be a great experience, but I think now I'm kind of, I'm looking f- to take that kind of next step and be an assistant coach at the college level. And then maybe one day a head coach. So, and then one day with the national championship. Uh, absolutely. When we, uh, we, you know, I guess everyone here at the network and all our listeners will be following along and we can't wait to see the, 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 the photos on social media of, uh, of, of all, all of the trophies that I'm sure are to come. So, so talking about the, the network, so, um, obviously super excited to have you join, uh, the, so you think you can ball sports network. Um, so thinking about thinking about that, what, what's the ex- most exciting part for you in terms of joining the team? Um, yeah, it was kind of exciting to kind of jump on a podcast like this um, that gives a little bit more of a female voice, I think, to the sports that we're covering, you know, whether it's the NRL, um, even the NRLW. I think that's going to be a fun one to kind of explore and get on the map. Um, but I think for me, I was really excited to come in and talk football. You know, I, I love football. I love watching it. Um, I love the teams. I love the game so much. So being able to have you know, to be able to talk about it, you know, it's going to, it's going to be fun and having that opportunity where I can, you know, express my passions as a football fan um, is going to be super, super fun. Yeah, no, and I think we're all very much looking forward to it. It's, um, yeah, it's something that I, I think our listeners are going to really enjoy. Um, so thinking about, yeah, some of the things you spoke about um, just in terms of that female representation um, in that sports media space, what's your kind of thoughts on where we are at the moment um, in that space. And, you know, ob- obviously that's something that we're trying to, uh, to look at and something a bit unique that we're bringing to the table as a network, but where, where do you think we are in that space? Um, I think with everything that's kind of changing in sport and the different voices we have as, as far as female sport goes, I think we're getting there. Um, you know, it's great to see the NRLW getting a little bit more kind of backing i guess and a little bit more um fanfare behind it i still think it needs a little bit more um even with the you know women's afl you know they've kind of taken off a little bit uh, as the years progress so i think there's still a lot of growing to do but i think the the pathway is there and people are starting to get behind the fact that you know people are enjoying women's sport whether it's male or female yeah absolutely no it's it's true you know it's one of the 
the fastest growing uh, industries in, in, in Australia and, and in certain countries around the world. Um, so, yeah, hopefully we can be a little part of that and um, help drive, you know, a little bit more exposure and attention to um, some of the female athletes. All right, excellent. So, Alex, the next one we're going to step into is we're going to find out a little bit more about your favourite teams. Uh, we're going to start off with uh, Rugby League in the NRL. So can you tell us a little bit about the team that you support and who is your favourite player? Um, I am a Sydney Roosters fan as far as the NRL goes. Um, I like Tedesco. I think he's been he's been really, really good for the Roosters so far. Um, so, yeah, they're kind of, you know, the the team that, that I back, and I get very sad when they lose. I get very frustrated when they lose, but uh, sometimes, <laughs> as with most people. <laughs> sometimes it's like luck of the draw in terms of the team that you end up supporting. But, uh, no, the Sydney Roosters, they're uh, – they're a bit of a powerhouse. Obviously, they have a little bit of money behind them. And um, yeah, what's your thoughts on what's your thoughts on, on your coach over there, Trent Robinson? He uh, certainly making a bit of a name for himself. Is he? What are your thoughts? Is he going to be the the greatest coach of all time when it's all said and done? Ah, oh, maybe. I think to be able to do what he's been able to do with the amount of injuries that he's he's had and the the rotation he's had to kind of put in there sometimes and and picking and choosing players and making those hard decisions. Um, I think he's doing a good job. You know, when you lose so many players to injuries, you know, you can fall by the wayside as a team or you can step up um, and have players step up and, and make a difference. So I think he's been able to lead, lead that, that team who could have easily have gone, well, we're done. Like Absolutely. this is enough, you know, they could have folded, um, but I think, you know, mentally he's kind of given them a path where they can go, nope, we're still in this. We're still going to keep battling. Yes, we've got injuries. Yes, we've had people retire who we weren't expecting to retire, um, but we're going to power through and we're still going to, you know, you know, bite at that top three. Yeah, no, he's uh, he certainly had a challenging season, but yeah, he's, he's won a lot. He continues to maintain a good culture there. So if he keeps winning, um, he's certainly going to be up there. One of the interesting things about Trent too is he done a lot of his uh, apprenticeship overseas. You know, he spent a fair bit of time in France and he's very passionate about the international game. Thinking about your experience in rugby, is that something you see as maybe sort of the key differences between those two sports? Maybe rugby league still got a fair bit to go uh, com- compared to rugby, who, who seems to have uh, a bit more of a stronger international platform? Yeah, I, I would I would say so. Um, you know, I think when you kind of talk rugby league, you know, there's league in the UK and there's league in in Australia, but, you know, there's, as far as I'm concerned, those are the only two that I know of as far as league league goes. Um, and I think, you know, it, it, it might get there, Um but also the fan base in the UK for league and the fan base for the league down here, you know, they're, they're, they're pretty big and they're pretty strong. So I don't necessarily think it, it might need the international backing that maybe rugby rugby has, but if it's going to get international and, and be worldwide, I think they've got a little bit of growing, growing to do to try and have the other countries kind of buy in who already have rugby union yeah. um, as, as an offering. Yeah, absolutely. No, look, there, there's a, you know, there's a lot of, a lot of countries that have signed up, signed up, and are a part of uh, part of the the rugby league sort of federation and trying to grow the sport. But um, yeah, still got a little bit to go before we catch up to rugby union in that space. All right, let's move on now to women's rugby league. So the state competitions, the NRLW. Uh, what team do you support in that arena, and who is your favourite player? Um, I don't have a favourite player as of yet. 
Um, I'm still keeping that open, that door open. Um, I think it could, it could be anybody. Um, but I'm one of those players where if I support on the men, I support on the women. So I've got to go, um, with the rooster side on the women. So I think they'll be strong. And I think they've had some, some, some big names that have kind of come through the roosters Jersey, um, with some of the seven stars kind of, you know, not being able to play in the Olympics last year and kind of putting on a, a rugby league Jersey, um, so I think that bought a kind of a big boost to the game last year. Um, so it'd be good to kind of see what kind of evolves from that this coming season. Yeah, no, there uh, you've got, yeah, like you said, it's, uh, it's important to keep that, that spot open because you've certainly got a lot to choose from. They definitely a talented roster and um, yeah, they continue to bring in some impressive signings. So I think they're going to be uh, well and truly in the running for uh, the premiership this season. So we'll keep an eye out um, on the roosters. Uh, let's move forward now to the NFL. So uh, yeah, let, let's share your favorite team in that space and some of your favorite players. I am a Chicago bears fan, which again, is not <laughs> when you say Chicago bears, people go, I'm so sorry. Um, <laughs> My condolences. Yeah, my condolences, but I love the Bears. I rep the Bears head-to-toe game day, cap, jersey, shorts, shoes. Like, I'm head-to-toe, face paint. I'm head-to-toe Bears. Love them. You know, if I when I was home back in Chicago, I would always have the game on. You know, I always make sure I watch the Packers versus Bears game because that's such a big game. Um, as far as kind of players go, being an Ohio State fan as well, I love that Justin Fields is now in a Bears jersey. So I love him from a quarterback perspective, from a defensive perspective. I love Khalil Mack. I just think he's an absolute force defensively. He's so annoying for quarterbacks. He's just a hard guy to contain. Um, so I wear, I have his jersey um, that I wear proudly. So yeah, I love my Bears. Um, I get really, really upset when they lose. Some people, it's not good to be like an arm's distance of me if the Bears lose. Um, I, get, I get very upset because uh, I have a lot of potential. Um, but I think, you know, we've got the signings we've had from the draft and a couple people that we've, you know, been able to keep on board. I think there's a lot of potential for the Bears this year. So I'm very, very excited to watch to watch them play. Yeah, no, it's uh, it's amazing how much of an impact uh, a new quarterback can uh, can make to a franchise because, you know, I guess Chicago has just been screaming out. They, they feel like, you know, I guess a lot of teams say they're only one player away, but, you know, Chicago, they, they've sort of they've sort of had some uh, some pretty impressive units. You've spoken about some of the defense, but, yeah, what, what's your thoughts on Justin? Can, can you get a bit of a read on him at this point in time? What, what's, what's sort of your expectations of him coming into his first season with the Bears? Um, I think... I don't, I think this is where we, you know, fall short as, you know, sport fans is you don't want to put so much pressure on him and expect so much out of him because if he doesn't execute that or if he doesn't live up to the potential and the hype, then he's, it's going to be a tough one, tough one for him. Um, You know, I, for me, I hope he stays healthy, injury free. Um, You know, if he, if he can, I think he's going to be, a good quarterback, you know, with Rogers not really knowing where he's going, if he's staying in Green Bay, if he's going, then there's argument that Justin Fields could be the best quarterback in the NFC North. I'll have I to see. back that one. He could potentially be. I think he's got, you know, some good vets to learn from and Andy Dalton. Um, you know, he's got a good kind of group around him. And I think the Bears is a good organization for 
for him. You know, we've got some good receivers, some good running backs. Our defense is good. I think when our defense has been good for the last couple of years and we needed something on the offense, now I think we have it on both sides. So it's not going to be so tiring for the defense. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, I have a lot of hopes for him. I loved him at Ohio State, thought he was great. Thought he did really, really well, was you know, kind of gutted to see him lose the championship, you know, in his, his last kind of career outing. Um, so we'll see what Matt Nagy can do with him. Yeah, absolutely. It's going to be interesting. And look, I, I think that there's, there's, you know, everyone's a little bit cautious, but there's got to be some optimism there because, um, you know, if, if we go back, so we've got, you know, Andy Dalton, who'll probably, he'll probably start for, for a period of time. And then I think it's Justin's uh, jersey, um, you know, within, within a month or two, I, I, I think Justin will fight his way into that spot. But, you know, Justin, he's got a better Andy Dalton. Uh, you look back at some of your past quarterbacks, you've got Nick Foles, um, Trubisky, um, we even go back to to, to Jay Cutler. Um, have you got any thoughts, um, any emotional trauma from some of those past quarterbacks uh, and how they performed over the past few years? Oh, there's a lot of trauma that comes with Cutler sometimes, but I think this is even, where. Did he even like football? I, I don't understand. <laughs> you know, I think he did. Um, I just think the personnel that was around him at the time might not have been the right personnel. They might not have had the right offensive coordinator on. It's just, I think it's hard, you know, do the players make the coach or do the coach make the players at the end of the day? You know, is, is it the coaching that's the issue or was it, or was it color, you know, and he, he wasn't bad. He had a couple good seasons and I think either he got burnt out or he lost the love or maybe he got injured. I don't really remember. Um, but yeah, it was, it was a tough one for him. And then I think the same thing with Trubisky, there was a lot of hype behind Trubisky. There was a lot of hope behind Trubisky and to be able to go into the wild card game against the Eagles and to lose was kind of gut wrenching, but then to see him kind of, and I think, what was interesting about that season where we lost in the wildcard game, the Eagles, yes, they went on to win the whole thing. Well done, Nick Foles. Um, but then to have Trubisky get injured after that, after kind of going on this role of making it into the playoffs and then get injured, I don't think he was able to come back a hundred percent from that, which is, which is sad, you know, for a quarterback, you know, when that's your role to throw the ball and your shoulder ends up, you know, um, not working out for you for whatever reason. Um, I think it was a struggle for him to come back from that. And I think having him and Nick Foles kind of rotate in and out last season was great at some points. Cause again, it did, I think it took it to the wildcard game again. Might've anyway, um, you know, having them kind of go on like four game win streak or five game win streak, which, you know, for the Bears is a big deal <laughs> to, have, to have consecutive wins over and over again. Um, and I think it was good to see Nick Foles come in and step into that. But then when he was struggling for Trubisky to step back into that role and kind of keep it going, um, even through kind of the wild card game, you know, that was, you know, it's always hard to see your team go out in the playoffs. You know, I would like the Bears to win a Super Bowl once in my lifetime, and I'm sure they will get there. I believe in them, and hopefully uh, Justin Fields uh, is that is that player. No, no it, it's 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 been difficult for Chicago, obviously, uh, being that middle middle rung team. You know, you're not bad enough to get the top draft picked. You know, you're not good enough to sort of to sort of be at the top. So to sort of see Justin fall a little bit in the draft and to to bring him in, I think that's uh, yeah. There's a lot of excitement around there, uh, which is which is great. Uh, Alex, uh, that's all we have time for today. So yeah, thank you very much uh, again for joining us. Um, again, to our listeners, I hope you guys um, got 
uh, a lot out of this episode. Um, yeah, finding out a little bit more about Alex and who she is and what she's about. And um, yeah, hopefully you're equally as excited about having her join the network and be part of the panel and bringing uh, you some of the, the best takes uh, on quite a wide range of sports. Alex, thank you so much for your time. No worries. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. And again, listeners, hope you guys really enjoyed uh, today's episode. If you did, please like, subscribe, and uh, follow us on social media. We're available on all platforms. We'll see you at the next episode. You have been listening to Mojo Sports. Thank you for your support. It is very much appreciated team and I are trying to build something a little different here so everyone's support is very much appreciated continue to support the podcast download subscribe check out our social media channels give us a follow and be sure to tell your friends about Australia's best kept secret this is Mojo Sports